Broadcasting from London, Ontario, Canada to the rest of the world, it's Ask the Top. Thank you very much for tuning into the latest episode of Ask the Top. As always, I greatly appreciate your ongoing support, and it goes stronger with every episode. In fact, I'm receiving more questions than ever, more new listeners are tuning in than ever before, and I hear you on social media. So thank you very much. It's humbling. You can catch new episodes of Ask the Top on YouTube. Subscribe to me on there, Chris Toplack, easy to find. ChrisToplack.com, the original home of the show. TWM.news and TheReactionRoom.com, two great partners and supporters of the show. You can find me on social media, too. Love to interact with you on there. Ask the Top is my Facebook fan page, at Chris Toplack on Twitter, at Chris Toplack on Instagram, Google+, Tumblr, VK, you name it, I'm probably there. A stacked edition of the program today. My thoughts on the WWE superstar shakeup that took place just a mere matter of days ago. Andre the Giant's documentary, I caught it recently. I'll give you my review. Bruno's passing, that knocked the wind out of me. Give you my thoughts on that. What's missing from the current product and predictions for WWE Greatest Royal Rumble? I feel like Stone Cold Steve Austin today. I have two beers with me. Reason being, I tried a new one. It's Broadhead Brewing Company. They're out of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Bodacious Blueberry. It's a blonde. It's nice. The blueberry is actually quite subtle. Still 5% alcohol. It's nice. It says a golden blonde color. Awesome, gnarly, radical punch wallop of blueberry flavor. I like it. The only problem was that I left it in the fridge for not too long. Certainly an issue when you drink beer at room temperature, but it's still very flavorful, and I'm impressed. My backup is what I actually had uh, that's ice cold, by the way, a couple of weeks ago. It's Anderson Craft Ale's Cream Ale. Should add, won silver in the Canadian Brewing Awards. Check them out, andersoncraftales.ca. So as I said, I've got the room temperature beer, which, by the way, is my fault. It's still a little bit chilled. It's delicious, being that blueberry. And we got the ice-cold cream ale. So I'll take sips of both of those throughout the duration of the program. Industry news and rumors. With all due respect, I have to kick off with this. WWE Hall of Famer Bruno Sammartino passed away at age 82. He inspired millions by embodying hope in the American dream. If you're building a Mount Rushmore of the all-time greats, his face arguably deserves to be on it. Without him, the heights we saw achieved over the past 40 years may have never even been obtainable. Sold out Madison Square Garden, a record 188 times. Some say it's untrue, it's unfounded. Others claim that's the gospel. Either way, a massive draw. Bruno was one of the biggest stars of any era, and in my humble opinion, the greatest champion in wrestling history. Wherever he might be, rest assured that a cello crowd is cheering on the living legend. I have to tell you, this one actually knocked the wind out of me. I did not expect it to, but so many people that I know are familiar with Bruno Sammartino, those who are not even wrestling fans. My dad and I, my dad's a wrestling fan too, 
We had some great conversations about Bruno San Martino. And he said, that guy was legit. Man, was he ever. What a loss. John Cena and Nikki Bella, speaking of losses, have ended their relationship after six years. I'm not exactly surprised by this. Both are insanely busy. They work schedules where they probably hardly see each other. And John Cena is a man that, for better or worse, is dedicated to his craft, not just wrestling, but acting and anything else that he's pursuing. So likely did not have time for his better half. So unfortunately, they have broken up. Uh, Dolph Ziggler. Maybe he has an opportunity to get back with Nikki Bella. Cash in his Money in the Bank dating contract. Camping World Stadium in Orlando is pushing very hard to have WrestleMania back. This is from their official Twitter account. WWE fans were hard at work bringing WrestleMania back to Orlando, but need your help. Share why you think hashtag WrestleMania should return to CW Stadium and send us your favorite Orlando WrestleMania week picks. I think it's too soon. It's not fair for so many other stadiums that could host WrestleMania. I'd still love to see it return to the Great White North or actually see it go overseas to England. They have some madly devoted wrestling fans over there. I know that there's the time change and the shift, but still, it would make for such a special WrestleMania. So I don't really want to see them go back so soon, but Orlando has been a great spot for the WWE, and also at the same time, NXT is only a few hours away in terms of uh, Full Sail University, the Performance Center, so I could see it returning sooner rather than later. Highlights from the week, I recently watched the Andre the Giant documentary that aired on HBO but a week ago. wanted to share my quick thoughts. So some of the pros involved, and I shared this on my social media accounts. I just wanted to get a little bit more involved here. It was very heartfelt. It was captivating. I was engaged from the very beginning. Uh, also, it conveyed the sheer importance of Andre's legacy on professional wrestling and pop culture and why he was so special as a human being. I also loved the unseen archival footage and still photos from his younger years. You actually see him uh, in a lumberjack gimmick trying to chop a tree down, and he is a string bean at that point. He, he hasn't put on a lot of weight probably only about 400 pounds, which may not seem like a lot, but for a guy who was legitimately about seven feet tall, I mean, he carried it well at that point. He's very athletic. You actually see him in uh, in the ring working on submission holds, which is pretty unreal. Now, I also have to say, too, commentary and stories about his life were both um, hilarious, in and out of the ring, I should add. Now, some of the cons that stood out to me, at times this documentary felt too much like a WWE production. Far too much time was given to Hulk Hogan and Vince. I felt the lineup of those interviewed could have been much stronger, and it needed to focus a little bit more on his early years, but nonetheless, I would still give this about an 8 out of 10, and I highly recommend that you check it out. I just wish that they had more footage from his early years. That's probably my biggest um, pet peeve of that. But nonetheless, Beggars Can't Be Choosers was a top-notch production. The Superstar Shakeup. Have to say that was a, a massive highlight for the week. Got to go over the results here. Heading over to Raw, Jinder Mahal, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Zack Ryder, Woo Woo Woo, Fandango, Tyler Breeze, Natalia, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Connor, Victor, Bobby Roode, Mojo Riley. 
Mike Kanellis and Chad Gable. Uh, I'm particularly intrigued by the pairing of Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. feels like a modern-day Diesel and Shawn Michaels pairing. Uh, Jinder Mahal could do well over there on Raw. How about Bobby Roode, the glorious one? Chad Gable, could he have a singles run? Perhaps challenge for the Intercontinental Championship. So, But then you look over at SmackDown, and before I get to that, some new arrivals too, by the way. Bobby Lashley, Authors of Pain, Ember Moon, No Way Jose. So while we moved to SmackDown, and spoiler, they got the far better end of the stick, having Bobby Lashley and still Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and so many others that are on Raw is still a stacked show. Ember Moon certainly adds a lot of depth to that women's division, but man, SmackDown got the upper hand. The Miz, Jeff Hardy, who brings over the United States Championship. Samoa Joe, which to me was a game changer. Big Cass, Asuka, another game changer. Luke Gallows, Carlo, Carl Anderson, I should say. Uh, the Club, Sheamus and Cesaro, The Bar, R-Truth, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, plus new arrivals, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, the iconic duo, Andrade Cien Almas with Selena Vega out of nowhere. Insanity, that's Eric Young, Killian Dane, and Alexander Wolf. Again, completely clear that SmackDown came out on top. Think about this. Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, and Nakamura are on the same show in 2018. Pinch me, I'm dreaming. Unbelievable. Also a big highlight, the entire episode of NXT was fantastic. From Johnny Gargano to his wife Candice LeRae wrestling. Very aggressive match with Selena Vega. I mean, the entire show, top to bottom, was great. The best hour of WWE content on a weekly basis. Let's get over to your questions. There are a ton to get to. Uh, 15 in total were submitted. Can't get to them all, unfortunately, because I still have predictions to, to get to. But I still want to get to these. I don't want to butcher the name. So my apologies if I do. Kuwain Linton via Google Plus. There are rumors speculating that women are going to get women's tag team championships in the WWE. I personally love this idea. My question to you is, do you like the idea of women getting the women's tag team championship? Do you think WWE is going to do two sets of tag team belts for one on each brand or do one set of belts and have it across a branded championship? Great question. With more women joining the main roster, I'm certainly not opposed to the women receiving their own tag team championships. But I believe less is more. And that's not just in the vein of a women's tag team championship, but all championships. You only need a few. That's it. And to be honest, I, I believe they still lack the depth to pull this off. But that could drastically change over the next six months. Again, it's the women's revolution. So many are rising to the top and moving over from NXT. If so, a cross-branded championship makes the most sense to me. Kyle Scarf, one of my best buddies via Facebook. Now that we know The Miz is moving back to SmackDown Live to reignite his feud with Daniel Bryan, should WWE pull the trigger on the feud immediately or give it the slow burn treatment into SummerSlam? And do you think the feud can have the same fire that it did without talking smack around? I would prefer a slow burn that leads to a major pay-per-view match. If booked properly, these two could feud off and on over the next couple of years. Granted, Daniel Bryan needs to stay healthy for that to happen. As long as they aren't overly scripted, 
the feud will still maintain the same fire as it did on Talking Smack. Give them each a live microphone, let them loose, and it should be very compelling. Daryl Lee, at Daryl Lee123 via Twitter. What do you think of WWE's decision of pairing Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler? Love it. Again, I mentioned it earlier. It seems like a modern-day pairing of Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Drew will act as Dolph's protector while the show-off becomes an ultra-arrogant yet cowardly heel. What the hell is WWE doing with Sasha and Bayley? The WWE had a great feud on their hands. They failed to pull the trigger on the Bayley heel turn, a missed opportunity to me. It's certainly not too late, but with the Riot Squad joining Raw, it's doubtful the original plan will fall into place anytime soon. What would be the best way to book Rusev? I would have him defeat Jeff Hardy to win the United States Championship. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, Adam Cousins via Facebook. That's the Ask the Top Facebook fan page. In your opinion, what do you think is missing from the current product? Ooh. My opinion is match quality is great, but the writing is poor. Is it a case that less writers or writers which understand the product could produce a more compelling storyline, or is it the three-hour format? One word before I get into a long-winded answer, or perhaps I'll actually just try and summarize it the best I can. Authenticity. Write that down. The shows are overly scripted and usually booked poorly or it's poorly paced. I fully understand that producing a live television program on a weekly basis is a daunting task, but the talent needs to be given more freedom to evolve. Give them a few bullet points, allow them to cut their own promos in their own voice. Aside from that, let's go back to the basics in regards to storylines. Create conflict and settle said conflict over a prolonged period of time. I would love to see a feud last more than three months and still have the ability to draw emotion from the live audience. It's possible. Honestly, I could dedicate an entire episode to this particular topic, but I will stop there. I, I think I summarized myself rather well. Edgy McEdgelord moderator via Google+. How will Sanity do in the main roster? I fully expect them, or I did fully expect them to actually join Bray Wyatt on Raw. So the prospect of Sanity on SmackDown is intriguing. Didn't see it coming. I don't see them competing anywhere near the main event level, but could easily see them feuding with the New Day upon arrival. The results of that first feud should easily dictate their fate on the main roster. Mike Leochi, a big supporter of the program via Facebook. What WWE title match would, would be better for SmackDown at SummerSlam? Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles? Daniel Bryan versus Nakamura? Or... Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles versus Nakamura. Any of these matches would be great. Can't disagree with you there, Mike. I'm going to select, for selfish reasons, by the way, Bryan versus Styles versus Nakamura. Come on. There can never be too much of a good thing there. But Styles versus Nakamura still have unfinished business, and I love the dynamic with Shinsuke as an opportunist heel. So I'm going to go still with my gut, Brian versus Styles versus Nakamura. Come on, I'm a fan after all. Don't know if I can even pronounce this name. I'll try. Absan Padhak via Google+. Plus. Will Cena versus Taker take place next year at Mania again? Wouldn't it be great if it would be for the WWE Championship? It's certainly a possibility. 
but I would much prefer a fresh matchup. No, I don't think it would be great if it were for the WWE Championship. The last thing I want to see is a 41-year-old John Cena facing a 54-year-old Undertaker with a major championship on the line, particularly when Taker wrestles, what, a few times a year, and Cena has certainly adopted a part-time schedule. Thanks, but no thanks. Maddie Hewitt via Facebook. Who would be number one contender for Carmella's title? I think Charlotte, Asuka, or a six-pack challenge match. Charlotte will likely invoke her rematch clause, so I would imagine she's next. But given uh, you know her successful title defense against Asuka at WrestleMania 34, uh, it really doesn't make sense to put anyone else in front of her unless the iconic duo occupy all of her time. So it should be Charlotte. It probably won't be, though. Thomas brought away via Google+. Plus. Do you believe Chris Benoit is innocent? No. There's more than enough evidence to prove he was guilty. Anyone who believes otherwise are likely the same conspiracy theory dimwits who are convinced that they just witnessed Bigfoot barbecuing in their backyard with Elvis. Predictions. This dual beer concept should be implemented on a more regular basis. I'm loving it. WWE Greatest Royal Rumble takes place next Friday, April the 27th at the King Abdullah Sport Kings King Abdullah International Stadium in Saudi Arabia. Try saying that three times fast. It's going to be taking place at about noon Eastern Standard Time with the pre-show beginning at 11 a.m. All men's main roster championships will be on the line. One notable absence... The women will not be competing on the roster. Unfortunately, in Saudi Arabia, women are not allowed to compete. So every time they go there, the women are not included. This is not a political opinion here. This is just an opinion for what is right. I wouldn't be going to Saudi Arabia and putting on a show if I had to exclude an entire portion of my roster. Doesn't seem fair. Doesn't seem right. But nonetheless, this should still be a great event. So there are 10 matches that are announced here. Let's go through them, and I'll go through my predictions. The Bludgeon Brothers, Harper and Rowan versus the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I believe the Bludgeon Brothers are going to retain their SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, an odd pairing, taking on Cesaro and Sheamus for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Seems pretty simplistic to predict this one. Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy going to win because, of course, Cesaro and Sheamus are now on SmackDown. How about Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe versus The Miz? It's a ladder match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Seth Rollins is going to retain. Jeff Hardy versus Jinder Mahal. It is for the United States Championship. Jeff Hardy's over on SmackDown. That's also where... The United States Championship lies, so he's going to retain. Cedric Alexander, his opponent to be determined. That is for the Cruiserweight Championship. Alexander is going to retain that said championship. John Cena versus Triple H. It's a singles match. I believe John Cena will emerge victorious to send the fans home happy. The Undertaker making his illustrious return versus Rusev in a casket match. Those who believe it's going to be Rusev Day are drastically wrong. The dead man 
will easily win this match. Hopefully, he gives the rub to good old Rusev. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. AJ will retain his WWE Championship. You have Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. It's a steel cage match for the WWE Universal Championship. Hmm, this is a tough one. Could it be Roman Reigns winning the match? Is that perhaps why they saved it for this event? Because he lost at WrestleMania. I would say the majority of fans expected him to walk away Universal Champion. I'm going to say Roman Reigns wins the Universal Championship, even though my gut says Brock Lesnar won't lose. But I think Roman Reigns is actually going to emerge victorious and become your new Universal Champion. They're going to save the WrestleMania moment and move it to WWE Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. Speaking of which, the Greatest Royal Rumble match is a 50-man Royal Rumble match. We're going to see a lot of superstars a part of that. So we have many that have already been announced Big Show, Braun Strowman, Kurt Angle, Apollo Crews, Titus O'Neil, Elias, Goldust, Mojo Riley, Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, Chad Gable, Big E, Kofi Kingston, Alexander Woods, Shelton Benjamin, Sin Cara, the returning Chris Jericho, and Daniel Bryan. I'm going with Daniel Bryan all the way. They want to send the fans home happy, and we're going to hear many yes chants throughout that stadium as Daniel Bryan emerges as the greatest Royal Rumble winner. Still have many entrants left to be announced, so over the next week, I'm intrigued to see who will be included in this match. So that will do it for my predictions, and that will do it for yet another episode of Ask the Top. As always, I greatly appreciate your ongoing support. Keep sending me in those questions, and keep suggesting to your friends and family and fellow wrestling fans to tune in. And happy drills to you. Until we meet again.